0: Hey, happy Wednesday, everyone, and welcome to the I-5 Corridor's Traffic Report. Tyson Alger here, joined by Shane Hoffman. We're actually recording this on a Tuesday afternoon. We're here in my place in North Portland, but we're about to head down to Eugene for men's basketball availability. Uh, should be a fun little road trip, Shane. You know, it's, it's finally thawed out here. We can actually hit the roads. I don't man. I don't know if it felt good to you to actually use your car after.
1: Everything felt good. God. I was in the house for three straight days, man. I hated it. My skin's all messed up. Wasn't working out. Just... All around shitty week.
0: Yeah, it it was funny too cuz I went up to Seattle this weekend and like as soon as you got like 15 miles like north of Vancouver, it was like there wasn't like any semblance of snow, ice. Seattle itself was like sunny and 55. Good for them though, considering yeah. like the couple weeks that they've had with uh, the football program, you know, you can, oh, you, man. you can you can give them them one of those.
1: I would hate to have to be covering that program now. Not not from a cl- clicks point of view. Just there's so much to keep track of. I'm I feel like I'm pretty on top of that, and I see stuff on Twitter. And then I'm I'm all of a sudden looking. Oh, Joda Coleman's a, a husky. It's, there's just so much going on. It's
0: it's unbelievable how easy the actual like beat reporter's job was about 15 years ago or so because you know the the college football off has only really been covered like it is now for maybe the last. You know, I, I, you know, it's, it's been Five kind years? of, yeah, you could say probably like the last decade, it's kind of right. been making that way towards it. But, you know, back in the old newspaper days, like you'd often see like the writer's byline, you know, through bowl season. Right. And then maybe there'd be like one byline in February. Because you get then, vacation. Yeah, that's, 100%, 100%. That's yeah. how it's
1: supposed to usually work yeah. at some point, right? I mean... It's all about it's all about breaking news now though you know?
0: allegedly, allegedly allegedly so so yeah we're we're going down to hoops today uh, check out availability I'm going to talk with uh, Jason Calist about uh, that Arizona game from a decade ago um, that's probably on the basketball side of things we've you know through football we did the breaking up is hard to do and talked about like you know, what the Ducks are losing and, and leaving the Pac-12. And, I, you know, I don't know if basketball is quite as sentimental, or like, around those certain things. But, but the I,
1: Arizona. But, yeah, yeah like, I mean, that's... It,
0: it, it, maybe this is just because specifically for me for the last decade, like, that's been a really good rivalry. But um looks like it's going to be a good one again. Both both teams are at the top of the conference and kind of struggling, kind of playing good. You know, it kind of depends on which way the wind's blowing. Right. But
1: Did you watch the games this weekend?
0: I did. Uh, actually, let me rephrase that. I watched the, the second game. I watched the Utah game. Is it weird that they went on the road, lost both games, they lost the second game in a way where it's like, Dante, you had, like, four dudes open just, like, <laughs> pass pass the ball. But, like, I still feel okay about things. Like, I, I know this, like, really complicates, like, any sort of, like, Cinderella run towards, right. like, getting a, an at-large NCAA berth. Um, you know, maybe that's still, like, on the table if they go on, like, a really hot run here. But... um I just think as you kind of wrote last week and in, in how they're going to get Dante acclimated to this lineup, you saw him in his first couple of games back where he was just like completely like gasping well, for air. Well, the Colorado yeah. game especially. Yeah, he was so tired. And it's, even if he was in perfect health, that's a different type of body and a different type of player to be mm-hmm. kind of working into that system. You can just see like how often they're looking to feed him at times too. Um, yeah, it's it's just it's just different basketball, and I I think it's completely acceptable that they took those lumps, but it also ratchets up the pressure for them to make sure that this works later on in the season.
1: The Dante point's a good one because um he, like he he's gotten better every year. Like the, the the footwork looks as good as it's ever looked. He's had a few moves even at the end of that Utah game. But yeah, I'm watching the Colorado game, one where like their defense just and I'm sure we'll hear about it later today when we talk to Altman, right? Um, but he, there's a play late in the game when it's still a, a game and Colorado's point guard's bringing the ball up and he's getting near half court and Dante's in the paint and his his arms are on his legs. Like, he's keeled over. But then it's like, who are they going to sub for him, right? He, and was, then, he was
0: looking like how I was feeling in that squash tournament I played in up in Seattle there you go right? Just like they're serving the ball and I'm like, yeah, I'm good.
1: <laughs> and then lo and behold... I can't remember if it was a pick-and-roll exactly what happened, but I, like two seconds later, there's a guard dashing to the rim right by Dante. So it's going to take some time. Um, defensively, this team continues to be pretty subpar, which is, again, surprising because for all the praise we've given this team and how it feels like they're kind of back to being Oregon basketball, like the defense isn't back. And that's hard when you go on the road because the offense isn't always. going to be... It,
0: it, watching them defensively is interesting because like they'll give up easy buckets while also like doing things that like make you think they are point like because like they do get a lot of steals like they're you know they kind of get their arms in in lanes and stuff but also it's just it's pretty easy to score points against them.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. There's certain things they do really well, but I mean, look, not having a rim protector has hurt their numbers this season. But consistently, you know, I think there's something, it might have even changed it, the Dirty like 1-5 when they give up 80-plus points, and some of those were wins that they quite honestly needed or, or really could use, and that's why going into this this Saturday, that matinee matchup in Matt night, I mean, it should be an awesome one, not just because it's a great team and it should be a good environment, but because the Ducks like kind of need this one now. Yeah. I, don't want, I didn't want to call it a must-win, and I'm going to write about that in the little Wednesday notebook, but... It like it's pretty pi- pivotal to at least split with the best senior conference, given that there's just not many quality wins.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean both of these are tricky. Like Arizona State can you know they can sneak up and get you too. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure Hurley would love to to leave Eugene yeah. with with you know I, I I feel like he's I don't know like he he he's had such longevity in that position for being a guy that's never had like. That big breakout success either. You think they
1: just get him confused with his brother?
0: Possibly. <laughs> it's like the
1: Hurleys but, are but, always doing something. You know, even
0: when they when they were pretty good a couple of years ago, it's like, oh, here comes Hurley, right. and it's kind of like, I don't know. It's they they're they're constantly good teams. I'm I'm I'd be
1: very surprised if Arizona State ever becomes like that very good team. Um, Absolutely. To your point there about the ASU game, like even Oregon's best seasons, and this is probably more a nod to the Pac twelve like a team sneaks up. It's like it might be a home game on a Thursday night. It's like, "Oh, Cal won by 3 in a game that you like absolutely couldn't lose." And so you look at their their schedule and they've got what, 12, 13 games remaining, right? And they got, you know, they got Arizona, they got to do the LA schools again. Watch like they got they're, they're in the back half of the schedule now. Like there's going to be a, a a game or two that they shouldn't lose, and then there's already some scheduled losses in there, so it's like where can they like, is it, is it sweeping Colorado and Utah on the back end? And yeah. like, where can they make those up? Because I thought they would split that trip. I didn't think they were going to sweep it, but the fact that they lost both is tough because they're both close games at one point.
0: A hundred percent. And, you know, at, to, to your point, you know, at the start of the year, you would have thought that, like, getting USC and UCLA on the back end on the road would be, Perfect. like, a nice boost at that nope. end. Those aren't going to weigh anything to their record, but also, like, those aren't going to be fun games to play on the road either because, like... USC, for as bad as they've been, like, that's a talented team. And, like, man, I love watching Mick Cronin interviews the last oh couple weeks. God. Like, that, that guy, character. God, it's just, again, I I hearken back to that column I wrote, like, two years ago of, mm-hmm. does Dane Altman have it or not? And, uh, you know, that might end up being, I don't know if that's, like, a cold takes one, because it was just kind of an open question, and he's answering it with the fact I know, that... No, I think that's that but, stands uh, up very well. But, but I, I don't know if my example in that story of, like... I wrote that after watching the UCLA game when I think UCLA was a one seed in Portland.
1: Top three. The, three yeah, yeah, they, yeah they and, were,
0: and it was they like were. a very like uniform style of like how they were playing. And it right. was... Um, you know, the guy kind of looked like a mob boss there on the sideline mm-hmm. in the way that he ran it. And now... He's so, he's so funny to watch because he's real small. Dude, I loved in his post game, this last game, when the Arizona reporter asked him, like, what was the crowd like? And he's like, I don't care about the crowd. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that is a question that you would ask. or, or <laughs> I'd hate to cover it. And then that reporter <laughs> tweeted out like, this is the first time I've ever asked him a question. Like, I don't have any history with them." Wow.
1: <laughs> yeah, I didn't even see the back half of that interaction. <laughs> Man, yeah, I mean, to your point there, though, Like again, there's so many of these sites that you can look at rankings, net, uh, all these kind of things. Like if we're just looking at Ken Palm right now, because I have it pulled up, the Ducks um, fell down to fifty fifth after their loss to Utah, Um, and if you look at the rest of their schedule, Arizona's third, Colorado's twenty seventh, Utah's twenty third right now. But there's no other team on the schedule that is above above Oregon. Excuse me. So if they're gonna move up drastically, it's gonna have to be against those schools, Um, and I think they can. I mean, again, for all we're talking about how the Ducks aren't defending, their offense continues to be great. They're top 30 in the nation in in shooting from from deep. Um, And they they have so much offense. I mean, we, we, we make these little comments about, oh, it's a different guy every game, but you got the Kuznar game, Dante has some minutes, right? I mean, there's all sorts of guys contributing. So I guess, is there one thing that as you look forward to the next 12, 13, 14 games you're looking for. It doesn't have to be some sort of kind of deep cut of, of a of strategic thing they might try, but just anything you're excited to see.
0: I just want to see how KJ evolves in this yeah. because I think the biggest question with Dante when he came back, because Pritchard had... Or sorry, not Sorry, not Pritchard. Shellstad had such like a uh, impressive debut during the non-conference part of the season is oh, how does the flow of the offense change when you have like a big guy um, versus... Shellstad and having the ball all the time, but it's just like KJ is kind of like that guy who gets shifted around a little bit because mm-hmm. now you have some depth uh, up the middle. He he showed kind of an array of offensive skills that I liked like mm-hmm. during during this time. But yeah, like I you know he's still obviously a young player who's very talented,
1: especially defensively. He's done a lot of good things. But you're right. For as hard as the adjustment was for him to go kind of contrary to who he had been as a high schooler, and then be this small ball five who was relied way more heavily on than he should have been to defend. Now he's got to really scale that back, and his minutes are going to take a hit. His overall usage is going to take a hit. So that's, you know, we were talking about, is it is it even harder to work someone back in than to work yeah. without them? And I think there's probably some merit there. I don't know. Are
0: you are you prepared to go into the full minutes of uh, the Rip City remix versus uh, Please. NBA Ignite? I should have been is, there is, with you. But... Is that actually the name? Is it NBA? Is it G League Ignite? G League Ignite. Yeah, so I I went over to a Ripsy Remix game last night beautiful. because it's about half a mile from here. I love Charles. I, haven't been to a game yet. Charles is gorgeous. Like it's it's. I a, can't wait for March. It's man. a sneakily beautiful basketball arena, um, and I had a good time. You know, I I would I would rank it as like I'd say it was like a six out of a ten, like an overall positive experience, but probably not something that I'm going to do more than once or twice a year. Just because you're not really going to grow attached. A- as a 34-year-old male who went to the game, like, I'm not going to really grow attached to, like, if they're on a win streak. a certain player. But, but, but there, were, there were a lot of families there. Like, it yeah. seems, like, very, like, kid-centric. They have some pretty kick-ass merch. Yeah. Like, like really cool merch.
1: We were pretty young on um, the logos and stuff. Yeah, yeah.
0: So... Um, you, you, know, said, the,
1: you said one or two times, how often are you going to Blazers? Are you going to Blazers at all?
0: I usually go to, like, we usually go to, like, four or five Blazers games okay. a year, but I have yet to gone, go to one this year. Yeah. But here's the thing, though, it's, like, where you weigh the two is, because you can probably, I paid $15 for my remix ticket last night, and that was mm-hmm. the cheapest one that I could buy.
1: Which surprised me. Yeah, a little high.
0: Um, but, like, the, you know, I didn't pay for parking, I parked off street, so, like, that's right. not an expense. Beers were, like, seven bucks. Well in this economy, yeah, yeah it's not bad. hot dogs were seven bucks, which I thought was expensive for what you got um
1: it's kind of par for the course, isn't it yeah,
0: but it's it's just it's it's an interesting dynamic because you can pay probably fifteen dollars to get into motor center right now right. and see the blazers so it's it's kind of like what what does the convenience mean to you of like not having the hassle of going downtown to see bad basketball versus like easy <laughs> right. pass easy parking to see bad basketball up in I mean, it's it, technically it's probably good basketball for for this small the the
1: As we talk about bad basketball, have you been very tuned into this Blazers season? No. Because for me, and we sat here in what was it August at this point and talked about some of the things happening, and I liked where the roster was at. They were not supposed to be this bad. No. They're just not. I
0: I the, I think the the and again, I haven't been watching them religiously. But also, I, I think they probably haven't warranted it at this point. No. But I think...
1: I mean, they lost to OKC by like 50 the other night.
0: I think why it's such a kind of not positive season so far is just because you haven't seen like the scoots definitely got it moment. Right. You know, like he's he's obviously talented. It's and getting he's, better. And, yeah. and you do see that at moments. But I think people were kind of hoping that out of that situation maybe like Wemby was the one who was going to like take a few years to develop <laughs> right. and, and and scoot would be the more like sure thing right away and um not that like you should compare those two players They're <laughs> very different um but yeah like I don't know it's it's it's, it's kind of hard with this team too cuz you don't know how like the future of it looks cuz they had st- they still have like way too many guards that can shoot Right
1: teams. I mean Simon is a star Yeah anywhere else he'd be getting a lot more recognition the problem is <laughs> he's the star and the best player, probably. And so it's like, why would you take the ball out of a set's hands? But then the two guys, more than anyone that you need to develop, are Shaden and Scoot. And Shaden's gotten progressively less efficient as the season's gone on, and he's you know, played more minutes with these other guards. It, yeah, it's a little bit of a of a mess, to be quite frank. And it's so funny, because today the Bucks coach got fired. And I'm sure there's some bigger storyline there, but they're like the second seed in the East. They've yeah. been phenomenal. It's like, what will it take for... This team or this this franchise to eventually figure out what they've got with Billups. Right. Like I, I hear the people who really consistently watch the Blazers that are in my life like do not like Billups. Now I think there's probably a lot of naive, na- naivete. Did I say it right? Nailed I mean, it. I, Nailed it. Sure. Beautiful. I'm the I wrong know. person to ask. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, around like what an NBA coach. Yeah. About you know how do you def- define good versus bad coaching in the NBA? Right. Um, like like
0: if it, like they're expected to lose games and they're expected right. to get blown out, but it, like is is there levels to getting blown out by fifty or versus the, or or people, just like no development and
1: right? People like to point to the guard developments, like well, Billups was a guard, he was a young guard in this league that hit his stride later in his career. How like how does that work with these young guards? But it's just so hard to point to stuff like that. I think it's a lot more linear in college because it's just these young guys and we're like, can you get them to play together? Is the thing right? So I guess I just wonder, like, how long this whole Billups thing will go on for. Like, what is the – is it is it next year if they're still awful, then he's got to go? Like, what's the kind of timeline there, the leash? How does that work? What
0: I think is interesting, though, is just if you can draw any parallels to, like, how the Allen Family Foundation or whatever you want to call it is running the Seahawks and, like, their current coaching search and whether or not, like – you know what the sort of standards are mm-hmm. between that and and like what they're seeing in billups because maybe maybe in seattle they're just looking to go for a complete kind of rebuild thing too like the Seahawks i mean like the blazers are and maybe they'll just have like some sort of funky situation there
1: could be funky uh, could yeah. be funky
0: um we gotta head down to eugene here soon before that um that was kind of a Good, true deductive. I, I enjoyed this one.
1: I just want to say, before we even get into that, how long has it been since we had a pod that we didn't talk about football?
0: Did we not? Tell? We didn't
1: talk about any football. Well, we, we mentioned Washington briefly. But oh, yeah. Well, you know, that's, that's I, football. I think we've we hit what needs to be hit. Is there anything new? No. Yeah. I mean, like,
0: the, the thing is, is it's January, and there are a lot of sports sites that are going to try to jam a lot of stuff down your throats just because that's the, the pacing that they're used to from the season. If there's no football to cover this week, folks, like, we're going to write a good story about, like, Joey Harrington's time on Sports Illustrated. There's cover, some other good
1: football stuff coming yeah, from yeah. both of us, I feel.
0: I'm excited for your stories next week, so.
1: As am I Actually, I'm excited
0: for my stories next week, too. Good week. Okay. True Detective. Uh, True Detective. Was that guy dead at the start, like, when they broke his arm? Because, like, at the end of the last episode, they find, like, the group of everybody frozen together. Right. And they obviously have to be
1: dead. But they're like, there's someone missing.
0: So here, so I was talking about this with... Were they jumping in time scene?
1: No. So here's how I understood it, and I could be wrong, and we probably should have had one of us look this up before we talk. but I think it's more fun this way. Yeah. So the opening scene before the little credit sequence rolled, they're very sloppily kind of uncovering the bodies and looking for stuff, and one of the hands of the frozen body breaks, and you can't tell if it's the same body as the one who then screams. You would assume so. Right. And I was led to believe that that... That one person was still alive. Okay. But that scream, which was really scary, to be quite frank. Yeah. I was, like, watching in like, the dark. In it, was, my... it was, like, gutter and... Yeah, yeah. Like, like, kind of grasping for air, but also, gasping, excuse me, but also screaming. Um, I was then led to believe, unless I completely misunderstood this, that then they're walking through, Danvers just walking through the hall with, it must have been a doctor or someone, and she said, how soon can we talk to him? And she said, well, he's in a coma.
0: Oh, you are right. Yeah, I do remember that. But where
1: it's confusing is like, first off, how is he alive? (laughs) Second, because then they're talking about, well, we have to amputate a leg and he's in a coma. So it's going to take some time. She's like, all right, I want to talk to him as soon as possible. Then late in the episode, the bodies start to thaw and they realize that there should be one more body. And the one that's missing is the guy that they've been looking into through the episode that is doing all this crazy shit with the tattoo. and The old trailer, which is very reminiscent of... Actually, the first season of True Detective, which they had several callbacks to in that episode, both directly and indirectly. I've left you speechless. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. Well. Also, I did a. I did a good and bad thing with this. Is like I, I didn't listen to any of my like usual. It's mm.
1: you know, probably you, good. Yeah.
0: So it's all original thighs here, and I didn't really take notes. <laughs> um,
1: and I'm sure you watched it very clear minded as well. Hundred
0: um, percent. I liked. That they kind of make Danvers's character very un- like they try to make her like, <laughs> like I was watching with my my wife who was a nurse and like yeah. when like the, he's like oh yeah you're just like a night nurse like where you know it's just like yeah. okay like she's not likable yeah she's definitely not likable the but...
1: the uh, the the woman who created the show though said that that was her goal they wanted to I mean
0: it's it, it would be, it would be no different than if it was like a gruff like male detective who, right. like you're you know it's just no it's it's know. I like it I yeah. think the
1: duo between her and the other woman. Um, that's kind of coming together at the end of that last episode. It sounds like they're finally going to work together. It's going to be a good duo. Like that seems like they'll play off each other well.
0: There's uh there's no ice rink that nice up on the North Slope. I'm just like there's.
1: I thought it was so cool. We like they've done a great job of like really working the setting. Yeah. Like the fact that like we have to defrost the bodies at a consistent thirty eight degrees. <laughs> Can we use your ice rink? She's like, fine for the city. I'll let you do it. Right. I love this town or whatever. That was and then also like i would never volunteer to be the one that sat in in, in a single chair in the middle of the room with space behind me and in front of me and then just low dim lights on the bodies that are that are falling out but could still also maybe be alive yeah yeah i did i did like how they were like you know the
0: guys just scrolling tiktok too (laughs) like watching his videos um yeah that, that's always kind of that that's kind of the unique thing up there too is cuz like you feel like you're in like such a like a rural and yeah. remote place you know you can even see that in like little aspects of them being like oh should we throw this case to Anchorage you know like right. you guys are too remote to like be equipped to, but then <laughs> to have kind of a little bit of the blending of uh uh a little bit of the blending of like the the real world that that not real world but like the rest of the
1: I'm still not. Outside. I'm still not used to the the darkness. Yeah. Like I know that it's the it's the dark time of the year there, and so it's not going to get light. I keep in my head, I'm like every scene they shoot is just a night, and then it's the next night, and they're skipping the day, and it's like, oh, do you want to grab lunch? It's like, oh, fuck, yeah. it's lunch. time. it's like covering
0: the Pac-12 tournament down in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: and then it's and then it's there's one where he, uh, Kavik is his name. He makes her pancakes. I'm like, oh. The, weird late night snack after they've been hanging out it's like no it's breakfast yeah. it's like oh it's really gonna take me a while to get used to that um, I liked this episode though it was cool that they started to get into the case 100% and that because it started you asked me last week like, is it is it that kind of mysterious and what was the word you used um, spooky spooky eerie. and uh, spirit. spirits and ghosts right what's yeah. the word sci-fi you Sci- right And I think they kind of used a few of those scenes, like when they're going back and forth, Danvers and the the younger um, cop, the boy who I now forget his name, they're at the ice rink and they're asking each other questions. She's like, no, what's a better question? He's like, oh, how, how scared do you have to be to run out in the cold without your shoes? Like, I like that they're starting to ground it more in like an actual case. Detective work. And and he's like, he's like, oh, a killer. Yeah. And that, that was cool to me because it's getting back towards what you might've imagined.
0: All right. We Supernatural to... was the word I was Supernatural. For. We gotta take off. There there's a chance that there might be a second part of this podcast attached to this, but we can't quite confirm that before we head south. So um, I guess you're just gonna have to find out. Uh thanks for listening, everybody. Uh Tyson Alger, Shane Hoffman. Check out i5corridor.com. We'll see you guys next week. <gasps> All right, Tyson Alger back here. We are at Matthew Knight Arena. I'm joined by Shane Hoffman and Will Patterson. He is Oregon men's basketball. <sighs> What do you want your official title to be here? Uh,
2: director of communications.
0: Director of communications. Yeah, I like that. Does, does it, do you enjoy having director?
2: Yeah, it's, yeah it, it helps. Yeah.
0: Okay, so we, we wanted to bring you on the podcast, not so much to like ask you about like when Nate Biddle is coming back from injury or uh, like how many points Mookie Cook is going to score um, in the Pac twelve champ, but I more wanted to ask you because you used to have this job for the Lakers, and then you moved to Oregon and I follow your Instagram, and you have a badass Bronco, and it looks like you're getting the best usage out of there. So there's a lot of questions we could go, but the number one is, as someone who moved from L.A. to Oregon and bought a Bronco and is actually enjoying the outside elements of the state of Oregon, was it worth it?
2: <laughs> uh, that's a, a of question. Um, so far, yeah, I would say uh, <coughs> the coolest thing about working with basketball specifically is, like, the My busiest time of the year is when it's rainy every day you know so like we're traveling and got practice here and you know weekends are i'm either working thursday saturday most of the time we're gone until sunday um but then you know thankfully in the once the season ends we're kind of open and then that's when you know spring hits and the you know everything melts and the sun comes back out so um it's been really cool to explore and i mean i've gotten really into kayaking the willamette and mckenzie here and i mean spent a weekend on the road you know kayaking too so i mean just getting out and doing that and uh so I grew up in Arkansas, so okay. did not... <clears throat> growing up in Arkansas, you're surrounded by nature, so people think, like, oh, you must have camped all the time, but when you can drive an hour and see stuff and then sleep in your own bed, there's no need to, like, <laughs> camp, you know? Um, so when I moved to L.A., that was kind of the the, the beginning of me actually having to camp because you've got to drive three or four hours to get to right. the mountains and stuff. Um, but now moving here, it's kind of moved back to that Arkansas way of life to where I can go spend a day on the coast or in the mountains and come back and it's only an hour or two drive you know so
0: what what, what was it like going from Arkansas which I've never been to but I assume it's a little more like rural (laughs) uh to a job where we were just talking before this but like at you know the drop of the dime you could all you could suddenly be handling a story that's like the biggest thing in the world at the moment
2: yeah no that was uh tricky so uh thankfully I had a so I spent a year after Arkansas in Charlotte with the Bobcats, then the Bobcats, now the Hornets, obviously. Um, did you know Michael? I did uh, met him one time, but okay. you know that was cool. So, uh, the did you have to, did was,
0: you dap or was it handshake or did no, you get like a like, hand, a, like a a a a, on on the shoulder? On the shoulder. Yeah. That's probably the best case scenario there. Yeah, it was actually. Like oh. on the shoulder no thing. way for you to
2: mess it up. Though. Yeah, yeah right. I could right. can't yeah. screw that up. Uh, but the coolest thing was Patrick Ewing was on the staff too, so I talked oh, to him, him a lot. It was like got to be around him, and he was just the nicest guy. Uh, but it's funny, I have this, like, vivid memory of, you know, Patrick and the other coaches kind of shooting shit before the games or whatever, and then everyone kind of just, like, stands up straight, and <laughs> you know, I'm like, what's going on, you know? And then Michael walks by, and you're like, okay, and everyone's just, like, afraid that Michael Jordan walked in, you know?
0: Does, does even, like, Patrick Ewing get oh, yeah. that way around? Okay. Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. He's, I mean, this is Boston. True. Right, yeah. Like, you know. um, but, yeah, everyone goes to laughing to, like, okay, it's game time, you know, when he walks in, so uh, just feeling his presence was unlike anything I've ever been around, which is crazy. Uh, But, yeah, to to your question, um, so, yeah, I mean, I always had, like, trucks until then. So, in Charlotte, I had an F-150 and was, like, you know, big truck guy. And then uh, (laughs) some other stuff happened. I was looking at a job in Chicago, and then, thankfully, the the Laker one opened. Um, So, yeah, when I got it, I sold my truck and got a Ford Escape and downsized. And I'd never been to L.A., never been to California, and drove across country and stayed there for seven years. So, it was was different did,
0: how, how long before you tried surfing for the first time, and how long until you were like this isn 't for me
2: um, I actually the first thing I did was body surfing with someone and I kind of got rolled up in the wave you know and was disoriented' didn't know where I was and thought to myself that 's the end of my water experience <laughs> um, so no I love looking at the ocean I like living by it and walking on the strand and all that um, and I lived in the South Bay which is a beautiful part of LA so it was it was not too bad and I could go to the mountains and Found this new love for like the Sierras and hiking and backpacking and all that kind of stuff. So um, it was a great time for me, especially the first two years because I was with the G League and there's not a whole lot of attention on the G League team. So I basically spent those years adapting and being out in the nature and, you know, discovering everything. So it was cool. Is the
1: nature then what brought you back here? Because
2: yeah. I want to talk more about Lakers. But there's so
1: much glitz and glam around that right. team. And then you come to a team that's been good, but right. it's in the Pacific Northwest. You know, we just did media. There's like five, ten people here. Most yeah. days.
2: Yeah. That's a crazy transition. There
0: only right. would have been one or two before he took this job, though. Exactly. So he's doing a really good Bring job. That's right.
2: yeah. um, no, it's, it's refreshing sort of to be able to, because when I tell people about my Laker experience, the most rewarding part was, one, the two G League years, and then my first couple Laker years was, you know, Lonzo and Kyle Kuzma right. and Larry Nance, Alex Caruso, like that whole mix. That'd be fun um, to follow those guys. Yeah, and not, it was great right. to kind of, like, grow with them, you know, go through summer league. And, I mean, the, we went for the, the worst Laker record ever to win in the championship, kind of.
0: During this part of the podcast, unfortunately, Will tells a really cool story about how he got a Lakers championship ring, but we had some weird feedback and we didn't catch it. So I'm paraphrasing. Let's resume.
2: But no, that was cool. I mean, I have it like the display case like opens and the light turns on and it spins around. And, That's so and cool. You know, it's just like I try not to open it too much because the battery's going to die eventually. And I don't know how to fix that, you know, so.
0: does ever does everyone on staff get one
2: um, that year? Yes. Yeah, so the, historically, the Lakers, I mean, they won so many that if it was your first championship, you got one. And if it wasn't, cool. you could pay for one at cost or like the cheapest way. Um, but then since it was a COVID year and it was the extended season, everyone got one, whether they had been there or not. It was my first year either way. So um, but yeah, that year, everyone got one. Um, and you could actually, it was cool, you could pay f- to get a second one at, like, the how much the medals cost and not, like, the value, <laughs> you, you know? know yeah. um, so I actually have two, so I was like, well, I'm going to, might as well, you know?
1: You, you mentioned MJ's presence, but then you went to them working very close quarters with LeBron. Yeah. Whether or not you have a crazy <clears throat> LeBron story, that presence, does it command a similar, I know it's different parts of their careers and yeah. lives, but is it any similarity there?
0: hey, it's me again, audio issues. He says Kobe was more similar to MJ there, but then he begins to tell a story about working with LeBron closely and how there's differences.
2: But he did have, obviously, a, a huge presence, but um, probably my biggest takeaway was just how human he was. <laughs> um, like, in the locker room, you could tell, I mean, he was still a kid. You know? He was still mm-hmm. wanted to be a part of the team. He wasn't. I mean, yeah, he's got his own security and whatever, but as, as far as the... Everyone says, like, first, first in the locker, last to leave, or first right. in the gym, last to leave. That's actually, I mean, he's there at 6 o'clock in the morning. And, I mean, just has put the time in, and he invests in his body. And I mean, the guy's done so much. Um, but, yeah, to me, the people, you know, have opinions, have opinions on him either way. But to me, it's I always go back to, I mean, the kid was on the cover of Sports Illustrated at 16. Or and then no. he's sports still, sports like, sports right. right, yeah, true. But he's still, you know, with his high school sweetheart, and like, yeah. he's never really had a big story break and he's been the best player you know that he could be so he's somehow lived up to expectations and not had a huge scandal or whatever so i mean he just is as normal of a superstar as you can be i guess the
0: the one thing i also want to follow up on is so like that year that they that you got your ring that was covid year bubble kobe dying um like have, have you been able to like put that year into context in your life <laughs> like, uh, that, feel, it's, that it's feels tricky. like so much so much stuff yeah. happened That.
2: i mean a lot did happen um obviously everyone remembers where they were when the, the news broke but that one was tricky just because at the time i was number three in our pr department and the number one had been this is might not sound that might, might make sense but the number one had been number two when kobe was his whole career and so when the pr ranks like if if the best players going to the All Star game, chances are the head the VP is not going to go. The number two is going to go. Um, so she was really close with him, um, like friends with the family, and knew him really well. And then our GM, obviously Rob Palinka, was Kobe's agent. So um, when it happened, you know, it was a Sunday. We went to the office, and I had kind of put you know my emotion aside and put the PR brain and had like a press release ready and all this kind of stuff. And then uh, we had to wait, and I was kind of like, you know, why are we waiting? And then someone told me. Oh, you know, Vanessa's not ready to accept that it happened yet. And that kind of just, like, made my heart sink to the floor. Cool. And you're kind of like, okay, well, this obviously is not about my job right now. This is about the family. Um, and so then seeing, like, my boss have to put her emotions aside because she was friends with him. And then, you know, uh, obviously, Rappelenka had to put out a quote and all this. And seeing them have to deal with the emotional toll and then do their jobs, I mean, it, you know, it was, it was really tough. And I was impressed by the way both of them handled it. But, um uh, yeah, that was a really tricky time. And then obviously the, the bubble and everything was its own crazy ride. But. Um,
0: but uh, like the the, be, being a media person for the Kobe like that that that, 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 everything that, everything. that had to have been the largest event of that kind since probably like Princess Diana. Yeah, it, was, like,
2: it was tough. I mean, um, yeah. If, but when we finally did say so did send it. Um, at the time, I was the one who sent all of our press releases. So Rob you know, he comes and stands over my shoulder as he's, you know, reading his quote that's about to go, you know, and it's kind of surreal. of like, okay, I'm about to push one click and the entire world's going to get this, you know? Um, so yeah, that was heavy to, you know, deal with. And I read every word a hundred times to make sure it was, you know, made yeah. sense. But, um, yeah, it was, it'll easily be the biggest thing that I ever send out or deal with for sure.
0: Do Do you like this pacing better? And then you know, I mean, obviously, college basketball is a different world than the yeah. Lakers and NBA. And not to like say this isn't big time, but like yeah. the pacing of college basketball is much different than than NBA. Like right. Like, how how have you enjoyed that?
2: Uh, it's been good. Um, I mean, honestly, the, part of the reason I took the job was because it was a slower pace, and I mean, I'm 33 now and kind of trying to slow down a little bit and not, I mean, you're traveling 40 games a year, that takes a toll on you, whether or not you're in a five-star hotel or in a chartered flight or not. I mean, you're getting home at 4 a.m. and having to adjust to the time and go back to work the next day. Um, So being able to only have, you know, 10 conference road trips and to have kind of take it easy and have a slower pace of life and kind of try to settle down here. And I mean, because long-term I didn't see myself settling down in LA and, you know, trying to raise a family there. Um, This is kind of more of the speed of life that I want to have for my kids. And, you know, have stuff available but not just kind of be in a private school all the time and you know be in a landlocked road and actually have I guess I would call a normal <laughs> experience you know because yeah. LA is obviously not a normal experience so
0: how uh, how'd you come up with uh, the basketball artwork posters like I I think those I think those are some of the coolest things that
2: yeah no it's been awesome it's been it's gone way better than I thought it would um but it's sort of an idea I stole from Portland so when you're in the NBA you see I mean like I said I'm at 40 games a year I see the game production and and how they promote games, and I thought it was really cool that they had artists, uh, mainly local artists, come in and do theirs. Um, so I kind of the first season went by here, and I was trying to think of how we could be unique and do something that's cool to Oregon, but also you know cool to everyone. Um, and so I talked to the contacts I had at the Blazers, and kind of just said, hey, number one, I'm going to steal your idea. <laughs> you know, <I> said <laughs> yeah. okay. And then number two, you know, was there anything you have to worry about, or is there any, did anything go wrong, or did you not think of that had to come up? Um, so once we had those conversations, and I kind of figured that if we could just limit it to ten games for our home games and do it right, um, that would be cool. So uh, from there, I let's see, I talked to our creative team here, and then kind of I wanted students on campus to be involved just because I didn't want to like have someone in our team design everything. I want different minds to kind of come forward. So I reached out to the product design school, um, and they were great. They suggested some you know junior senior artists that would be interested in helping. Um, and so from there, I was kind of nervously anxious about okay, let's see what the first ones look like, you know, last season. Um, and when the first one came in, I was blown away. I was like, this is awesome. It's not <laughs> yeah. gonna like you can't beat it, you know. And then the second one came in, and it was the like the uh, New Year's Eve ball going through the yeah. hoop on the New Year's game. And again, I was blown away. I'm like, I, oh, I, this love, is, I love the St.
0: John's Bridge one. I, yeah, have, that I have that yeah. one. I have that one up in my office. And uh, that so game ended up
2: being cool too. Yes, yeah, so yeah. like there's no. Basically, we told them don't make the other team look bad because if you're going to do anything promote both teams so promote something that's got you know
0: that's probably like creative ability that you probably weren't able to flex with the lakers too right
2: Uh, yeah i mean if you have an idea with there it's like okay the marketing team's got 30 people (laughs) on it you got to have to go talk to them but here it was kind of oh we don't really have time you can take this on and do it if you want yeah you know um so at first it was kind of a two or three person um show but no it's been great to to get the students involved and i mean the the fact that we didn't give them any parameters besides don't use the logos and don't hmm. trash talk the other team—it's been pretty cool just to kind of see where their creative minds have gone.
1: Going off that, I mean, you were talking about like the, the PR hierarchy with the Lakers, and you come mm-hmm. here—it's, it, I'm just, I'm sure it's a culture shock in yeah. a good way, probably. Like, what are some of the things in your day-to-day job? that you look forward to or maybe people don't wouldn't expect that you would be doing. Because the posters for me, like when right. I found out you were doing that, I was like, oh, I didn't even think that that would be something you would handle.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess job description-wise that wouldn't be in there, but it was kind of like it's such a small show that, you mm-hmm. know, anything, anything men's basketball related, I know what's going on anyway just because it's such a small thing. Um, and that's good and bad. Obviously, there's a lot on the plate, but it's also the fact that it's such a tight circle. I mean, I pretty much am the voice of, you know, Twitter, Instagram, the website, you know, the media interviews, like mm-hmm. it's all one place instead of like, I don't know who, what kid posted this, you know? So it's, it's good in that way that, you know, we kind of do everything in coach's voice and do it in a serious manner. We're not putting, you know, trash in other teams or doing anything like that. It's just kind of promoting our team and, you know, making them look good without being like silly or, you know, not serious. Um, so yes, but um, yeah, doing the social stuff is definitely different because then obviously in LA, they've kind of a whole team to do that. so. The fact that I'm even involved in social media is different. Um, right. But it's nice, like I said, the whole mes- message from the, every voice is kind of the same. So that's that's a cool byproduct of that. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. And obviously, there's other teams here, so I'm, in, I'm yeah, helping right. out with other, like tennis and other sports. Football so that's kind of, yeah.
1: You did some you did some help with the announcing of the football. Yeah, yeah. sitting next
2: to Don at football and pointed names for him, which is... You got the shout-out on the jumbotron. Yeah, which you know, is nice. Not jumbotron, the loudspeaker, uh,
1: yeah. I guess. I guess, I mean, you've been here for... Three years now?
2: This yeah, Thursday, this year season, three,
1: right? yeah. The last two seasons, the team has been good, but I think locally, and you've, I'm sure, picked mm-hmm. up on it, it just hasn't necessarily been what people were expecting. For, for better or worse, right, and I think right. probably a little unfairly, this year has definitely felt different from the outside, and you're around this team all the time. Just generally, like, do you get a different vibe from this year?
2: Um, I mean, I would say yes and no. I mean, yes, because I think when we only had seven guys, we managed to win a couple games right. that we maybe wouldn't have. Um you know, like last year dropping the Utah Valley game and some of the games you, you shouldn't have in the non-con kind of hurt us in the later in the season. So I think um, they've taken care of business as far as playing with, you know, the best of their ability with the guys they have, you know, like winning games with a small ball and kind of adapting. Um, but, yeah, it seems like the team really gets along and the freshmen are say, really yeah, coachable. Definitely. And, I mean, like Jermaine being, you know, a six-year player with a – Jackson a freshman in the backcourt it's just kind of cool to watch them help each other and uh, even hearing Jermaine talk about how hard Jackson works and admitting that he did work that hard as a freshman it was kind of it opens your eyes a little bit of you know these guys are even as a six-year player you're still learning and but still trying to help the team um but yeah it just seems like the guys get along and it's just a good group like the staff gets along I mean mm-hmm. the, the travel party it's always you know a good time and it's never I mean if we lose it's quiet but <laughs> otherwise it's not it's a uh, yeah, it just seems like a good group that everyone kind of liked each other.
0: Well, we we know we, you got to get out of here soon, so because we forgot to do this at the top of the pod, what's the best thing you've eaten this week?
1: Mm.
2: Best thing I've eaten this week yeah. or, or two weeks. Today's yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Or like right, within within 14 the Fourteen days. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's tough. We do, we do this at you've the end have of some every, spots every podcast. By now, you know.
0: Yeah. Or, or, or actually, yeah, we'll 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 expand it to what have been your favorite things yeah, to eat in um, Eugene since you've.
2: Let's say I will say anyone to go on GoDuck's website and see who our sponsors are. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. I don't know who they are off the top of my head, so I would say go there first. Um, but no, I, I mean I like actually had never physically been to Tracktown, so I went to Tracktown a couple uh, weeks ago. Um, obviously the pizza's great, and the shirt, like tie dye shirts with the duck delivering pizza, I was like I need one of those. I didn't yep. buy one, but um, no, actually yesterday I ordered sushi from Oishi Sushi, which is pretty solid. Um, are you a big like foodie? Do you go out a lot? Do you I'm like not to a huge. Uh, I do like to cook a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but no. Like every, tonight, tonight actually, we go play trivia at Manifest. If anyone wants to come play Ooh. downtown Eugene, but there you go. Um, that's pretty much the one time a week that I'd actually go out and you know do stuff. But otherwise, during the season, we're pretty pretty tied up.
0: We we were thinking of doing a. Uh well, I was thinking of doing, like, an I-5 corridor. Uh, we're good. It's just screensaver. <laughs> Profes- <laughs> professional <laughs> operation here. Uh, we were thinking of doing, like, an I-5 corridor uh, branded sports trivia at, oh, nice. at in Portland. That's like Maybe, cool. like, once uh, every couple of months yeah. or so. Yeah. I feel I feel like I could, you know, come Pull up with off. some.
2: Uh, especially, yes, Oregon or Oregon State related. Yeah, yeah. and, and
0: I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sure it would be easy to get Dana to come up for <laughs> an appearance. Um
2: yeah, I mean, as you could tell by his inner enthusiasm towards doing media every week, I'm sure. Lastly,
1: before we let you go, like, I'm guessing the answer to this is that he's the same as he is in front of everyone. But like, what yeah. has it been like working closely with him?
2: Uh, he is pretty much the same. Um, let's see. I can probably pull up our phone conversation, our text conversation here. We already records requested it. Uh, Don't worry, we'll get it in a few months. Yeah, as uh, as you can see, he, it's mainly me asking for <laughs> Okay, so I want to just
1: narrate what's happening. We're, we've got huge text blocks, you know, yeah. two to three sentences from you, and the only thing he's given you is is one word, okay. A lot
2: of okays, a lot of okays. and then you know he got some details down here there about you, you know timing and stuff, but wow, um, yeah. It's definitely, once I got in the routine with him, as far as what he wants, it's just been, it's easy. I, mean, he's, I
0: wasn't expecting him to text you about True Detective. I didn't realize <laughs> that you guys were uh, talking about shows. Oh like... well,
2: yeah, we're, we're, de- we're definitely tight like that, um, for sure. But no, he's been, like I said, once you kind of figure him out, he's he's great to be around, and he's basically like a, a team dad, and, you know, we text he's team like CEO. He does text me. Like
1: <laughs> he just needs a thumbs up um, emoji. Um,
2: yeah, he, he hasn't learned the respond the reply, or the reacting to the part yet, but we'll, we'll, we'll get there.
0: Well, shoot, man, we, uh, it's, not, it's not always that we do podcasts with uh, the SIDs within the department but I think you're an interesting dude and I think one of the things we like to do on the corridor is just kind of highlight the different people around and People, unfortunately, probably see your face a lot. I saw oh, your yeah. face a lot on TV this weekend. Like, <laughs>
2: yeah, my uh, my my aunt told me I need to shave. Guess, like, <laughs> the gray kind of. Getting I also think
1: people it. just wouldn't know a lot of your backstory. Like even yeah. I, I didn't know the Charlotte's yeah. uh, Charlotte uh, Hornets mm-hmm. backstory. Anything yeah, like that. no, it's, so. it's
2: been it's been a great ride. I mean, I've been all over and met a bunch of people and done some cool things. So yeah, it's been been cool. Appreciate you guys having me on. This yeah, course, I
0: can't wait for Michael Jordan to retweet this. I <laughs>